Hey Mr. Jones, um, it's Carter and Valen, and today we'll be talking about the question, to what extent is it possible for nation states to humanely maintain state security in an age of international terrorism? So after reflecting and discussing the question, we've come to the conclusion that we think it's largely implausible to suppose that nation states can humanely maintain state security in an age of international terrorism based on the actions of former presidents that have ultimately perpetuated the war on terror. Now, when we get into more detail about the actions of former presidents and how these have perpetuated the war on terror, we talk about how all leaders, no matter their political affiliation, have acted inhumanely in their efforts to bolster state security. On the right side of the spectrum, from a more Republican perspective, we can talk about Bush. His most relevant action and decision um, pertains to the authorization of enhanced interrogation techniques on supposed terrorists held at Guantanamo Bay. His public message to the American people was essentially that we were going to torture them. Um, that is because he was made aware of the severity of these techniques, yet said they were necessary and justified if they were saving American lives. And then if we look at the other side of the political spectrum, so to the left wing and to the Democratic Party, we can see Barack Obama and his use of drone strikes to maintain the American presence in the Middle East. His use of drone strikes almost every day of his presidency not only killed militants and the terrorists, but also killed citizens and essentially violated their human rights, which was an obvious demonstration of an inhumane way to maintain state security. All these actions are characterized by either bolstering state security or military repression and thus are undoubtedly inhumane. This is in the sense that they both violate human rights and showcase an utter disregard for human life. Um, it's also important to point out that in our society today, it's become the norm and the number one consensus among specifically politicians that the best and most efficient way to deal with conflicts or any sort of disagreement with another country or nation state or even a non-state actor as like a terrorist organization is through violence because that helps to ensure our own power and us being able to stay in power because like ultimately that's everything that politicians want especially when we're a global superpower such as the United States. Um, and I think when we talk about the origin of this prioritization of um, military means by which we can settle conflict it ultimately starts at 9-11. This is all a result of living in a post 9-11 world because this act of violence engendered this consensus among not only um, politicians, but American citizens alike that have just affirmed this view that um, conflict and military actions are the best and most efficient way of solving conflict. So from a differing perspective, we can also look at the idealistic and optimistic viewpoint. And this entails the belief that we can um, maintain state security in an age of international terrorism humanely. This is primarily characterized by the ability to make treaties and deals with other countries and interact with nation states in a positive and beneficial manner. Uh, and one of the reasons that, that that perspective could take is that as the United States, we love to claim this idea of moral superiority and the ideals of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And that drive to 
uphold this idea of moral superiority worldwide can be what perpetuates politicians and American people to want to act humanely and to avoid any sort of violence or conflict because when we went in the name of peace and then ultimately harmed the countries in the Middle East, we can no longer take that title of having moral superiority. That is just a completely false statement and that idea that Americans would love to be able to have that ideal and be able to proclaim ourselves as such can be the reason that we turn towards humane ways instead of the violence and the yeah like the violence that we've been turning to in the past like decades and this really just affirms our belief that it's impossible or extremely difficult to humanely maintain state security because we see the flaw within this um this idealistic view that we can claim moral superiority but we ultimately end up in countries harming civilians politicians the entire country as a whole more than we're helping them okay hi mr jones this is part two this is after we went to your room and like now this is not pre-planned and this is just us kind of sharing our opinions so we talked about like <clears throat> the extraction from afghanistan um and whether it can be considered humane versus inhumane um president biden calls is it a success which kind of just generates this argument of is pulling out all those soldiers from afghanistan worth it if we have to sacrifice american lives like 13 american soldiers died we've left many allies behind that are native to the land and it just creates a very difficult um discussion and discussion to contemplate like whether or not that's worth it in terms of sacrificing other lives and i mean like um what carter was kind of or like what she was getting to like in my brain was like if pulling the troops out was humane like in itself because he obviously thinks it was because i mean like i feel like it's <laughs> i'm sorry to be that person but like what do you define like humane as no because yeah, if you pull if... out troops then you're avoiding direct conflict and people can say that that's humane mm -hmm. but the effects of that decision still, were like still inhumane obviously not humane and like if you stayed there and all the troops were there and they kept fighting with violence and drone strikes and everything else would that have been humane like is there ever a way to it's be like, completely humane this is such a universal like idea like everything can be put up for interpretation nothing is so many things can't be completely like objective like i have a different perspective of humane than valen yeah, does yeah. and you have it's just there's no way to accurately come to a consensus on what is humane and what isn't it's just what the people in power think yeah because they have all the power yeah and so like when we look at like i don't know whatever like everything that happened yeah, obviously, like, in, like, Biden, he's, just, like, so adamant that he made the right decision, and he was being so, like... He was so adamant about getting the troops out by August 31st, because it ultimately leads me to think, like, if he didn't do that, did he feel like he was going to be a failure? Like, was it a point of proving 
and himself to himself, like not backing down, like not like letting go of his through. pride, like doing because he wants to Trump convince wanted himself to do it too. Trump wanted to do it, so and he, he did didn't. something that Trump couldn't. Yes, it's such a power move, like for him. And then it's almost just it's almost that you could call it's that also, like petty, and it's also a little like entertainment wise because not like what you normally think when I say entertainment, but like when he made the decision last year to start pulling them out on 9-11. Like, that was the date it that was he had. It was just a spectacle. Like, that's not a military move in any way. That is yeah. a clear, like, purpose behind that. Mm-hmm. And he's just... Ugh, he's just... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's also... I feel like we have to, we have two minutes here. <laughs> um, another point, like I'm kind of like completely different, but like I feel like just like a part of human nature is to react to violence with violence and wanting revenge. And if that's our if revenge, that's, if that's our like, human nature, then we're gonna is that humane? It. Is that considered humane? That that oh, shit, that's good. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> propensity to respond to violence with violence. And we were talking about it before. Like, over time, we've just gotten so used to conflict being a means by which we can solve another conflict. And the word conflict itself. Yeah. And so, like, if that is considered human nature, then wouldn't that be humane? What is inhumane compared to that <laughs> definition of humane? That makes a lot of sense. So just because of Anything humans do is humane, so you can do anything. Yeah, I mean, how do you even? Mr. Garcia is speaking. Yes, this is Mr. Garcia. (laughs) It's like how do you don't? How do you even define it? Like, there. How do you define? You can't. That's that's the question. You can't. How do you define it? Which makes answering this question so hard. Well, how do people try to define it? How has it been? How has it been tried to be defined in the past? Well. Right now, Biden, I feel like Biden's trying to define it as no direct conflict. By, like, no troops on the ground. He there thinks was that one question for paper, too, what? and it was, like, to what extent can peace be defined as a lack of conflict? But does... Is pulling out of Afghanistan actually stopping the war on terror? No. No. It's just getting... They're dropping bombs... It's Africa. a power move. They're dropping bombs in Yemen... So, is it a question of humanity? Yeah, I think it's a question of protecting our own self-interest. I don't know. And Maybe that was a little tower. too Does it? premature. Like, what was Afghanistan to America? It wasn't... I mean, for me, like... I think it was a means by which like we could, like... We could was say it? that we got revenge. We could. Was it revenge? Twenty years is like why? Why are you, you going to keep asking? Was it? I, I think. I think that originally that was our intent. Like we thought that we could. Um, the reason feel we, satisf- was we, we could feel satisfied, and with feel some that, action, and feel that we because were it served wasn't justice. itself. Yes, it was people in Afghanistan. We generalized the entire area. So, so why that didn't we leave after we killed Osama bin Laden? Felt like we were in too deep. So well, we, we want power. Like, Afghanistan has we could, well, resources that we want, and we thought so that we could colonies. spread democracy. Yeah. Oh, it's, sh- so it's sorry, sorry, sorry. I was about to say it again. <laughs> yeah, we want more power, and 
it's want not, to spread American and ideals no, and implement like people, a democracy. People will never use that word for America because we're not Europe. And whenever we look at like colonialism and yeah, colonialism, we'll just like think of Europe and Af- like mm-hmm. Africa and South America and exactly. You know, the United States itself. Like I feel like our identity as like starting out as a colony ourselves made it difficult so for other people to call us a colonizer. Is that yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. But like because we, you would you like, would think if we had the idea of manifest destiny, you would think that if after being we so colonized curious. ourselves and after going through that, we wouldn't go and do it. But that just shows that we didn't learn from the mistakes of others. I mean, we kind of saw the benefit of it well, and we're decided, so selfish. yeah, and decided to exploit other people by with the doing what of, like democracy and like justice and power and like not yeah. power but like under that freedom like, that was our liberty. That was like the cover that enabled us to did, go out and colonize. What did the colonizers of Europe say they were doing to Africa? What were they bringing? They were bringing like the right lifestyle. And what word did they use? Civilization. Oh. They were bringing oh. civilization to the savages. What are we bringing to the Afghanistan? Afghanis? We're bringing democracy. Yeah. Democracy equals colonists. What was it? Civilization. I mean, civilization. I mean, but like, <laughs> you, you, you change the words, I'm bringing civilization to you. It's the same thing. It's now colonizing. I'm bringing democracy to you, it's freedom fighting. Like, is it the same? Is it different? Are, do intentions matter, even though the outcome's the same? Is the intention just? Okay, well, going back to the center question. <laughs> <laughs> um, my short answer for me, I feel like whenever we're talking about humane and inhumane, the one thing to focus on is human rights and how the civilians and how people. I think how their human rights are hum- humane can largely be defined by um, a deep Peace respect and, and reverence for human rights, but humanity is like an abuse of those human rights. If we're generalizing here, because I feel like to answer this question, you have to make very large generalizations because the complexity of going into the specifics of the question. But in the first half, we gave you our academic answer. Yes. And now we're just ranting. That we think it's largely plausible to suppose that nation states can humanely maintain state security, national and international terrorism based on the actions of former presidents to perpetuate the war on terror. So that and then so oh. is it legal how, how do we go to war legally well what's legal like under what law like it, the constitution of america but like the constitution of america is america and for, war for specifically and so, war is like a global topic but, but so the like the question is talking about the ability of presidents to take to wage war right who gives the president authority to wage war the, UN? the Congress. The Congress. Oh. Congress. <laughs> Congress has to authorize it. Yeah. Did Congress like? Does Congress? No. Authorize? When's the last time that Congress voted to go to war? Well, 9/11. they. they, they well, no. They, yeah. In the, in the oh, Patriot 9/11. Act, they left this giant loophole that said we could forever go and attack people who were suspected yeah. terrorists or were involved with 9/11. Or and so now the only like the president has the power. Like he doesn't need any uh, authorization. He can drop bombs wherever Checks he wants. Checks and balances. I.e. Obama. Obama was the drone, like, Obama yeah. was the drone worker. Yeah. So, I mean, so, like, I, I guess the question to you is, how, 
how is drone warfare different than terrorism? It's not. I mean, it is. I like, mean, it you could look be at logically, like whatever. But conceptually. But like, just like, make a list. Like, define the differences between terrorism and drone warfare. Well, like, how do you define is, terrorism? What does terrorism do? What does drone warfare do? How are they different? Death. Death. <laughs> you attack people that don't know an attack is coming in their homes in places that. Yeah. Well, POV America's a terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so this is definitely going to be over. For, wait, no, it's no. not. Oh, it's not. It's Never 16 mind. minutes so oh, far. Perf. Okay. Well, oh, they got their senior. Okay. So I think okay. We should, we're um, going to end this now. Mr. Jones, thank you. Hope you enjoy our conversation. Um, I hope you can hear Mr. Garcia. He made some great points as well. Yeah, he was kind of loud at the end. At the beginning, he was a little quiet. Yeah. Um, so we hope you enjoyed. Carter and Valen featuring What's his first name? Will. Will Garcia. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.